Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. And Redeemer and every glad and happy heart say amen. Awesome. There is something um, that's going on uh, right now today in our nation that is really historic and something that I believe over the last several years, I think since 2020, over 356 cities and um, several nations have participated in celebrating the 59th uh, today anniversary of the I Have a Dream speech was today on the on the Washington Mall. 250,000 people descended upon the mall and heard a speech that was riveting, revolutionary. Um, it was life-changing, generational changing. And to this day, we know a man who's long gone on um, and, and has passed, but yet his life and his impact still reverberates um, today. Some of the things that were said in that speech were uh, like, uh, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the flesh shall see it together. I have a dream today. We've all heard this speech. We've all quoted it. We've seen people reenact it. Some people feel like it's been lived out marginally, some people profoundly, but I just think if we really think about it long enough, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream and his speech can sometimes just feel impossible. Is is, is it just me? In our current world, it seems like for every step forward toward the dream, it's like 10 steps back. As soon as it seems to be obtainable, it seems to be really unattainable. I have a dream today, but I wonder, in this generation, with the polarization that's going on right now, is it possible to have it in our generation? I think it's a question mark, but I think that his dream has been something that's been a dream in the heart and mind of man, but I wonder had God given other visions that allude to Martin's dream? Was it just something that was the words of a man or did he have some type of divine touch that gave you insight into the vision? The last quote I, lent, uh, I landed on was a scripture that was in his speech that was God providing a vision of what he wanted from mankind, but yet there's this divisive spirit that exists in the world 
that prevents us from being family together, from being common humans together, from being men and women together, multi-generational together, multi-ethnic together. And it is very frustrating because it seems like something we should obtain, but if we were truthful with ourselves, it feels unattainable. As we look at Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to be introduced to a group of people who were getting close to God's vision and not just a dream. Because see, a dream is something that you have when you're unconscious. It can be mixed up with God's prophetic message in your, your, some version of your reality. But a vision is something you have with your eyes wide open. And when it, your vision aligns with the Word of God, you can count on it as a prophetic message that will come true. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. I want us to read this together because I believe that God will start centering in on whether or not we can answer in our generation this question, is the dream possible? When you have it, say amen. When you see it on the screen, say amen again. Ready? Read. Consequently, we are no longer foreigners or aliens, but fellow citizens of God's people and members of God's household being built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. This seems to be an awesome vision, perhaps a dream, but I would say that it's definitely prophetic because it's something that comes from God and not from man. It seems as though God is speaking to a group of people to remind them that he did something to help them from being segregated from one another and to actually have commonality, not around an issue, but through a person, him, Jesus Christ. I feel like as long as we find commonality with things and projects and perspectives, and we don't find our commonality in Christ, we'll never find our membership, our true membership with Christ. See, something has happened with man. Because sin entered in when man first was made in the image of God to, to, to create the family of God, the sin came in. The woman said uh, that the tree that God said don't eat of, uh, she said, I believe it's good. He called it evil. She called it good. She took and ate. And the day she ate and gave some to her husband, man became eternally separated from God. In other words, his first family member. We were first family with God, then family with one another. The dysfunction came in, and it came in through selfishness. The Bible says sin entered the world through lust. Lust means to superimpose your will over the will of God. Some idea that God had about family is messed up, but I got good news for you. God does not leave us in those conditions. He begins to give us promises that will unite us again as family. He, the first promise he gave was to a woman. He said that you're going to crush the head of the serpent. He's going to bruise your heel. That he's going to bring a redemption or a promise. And then he went on to an Abraham. He said, you know what? Through you, all the nations and families of the earth are going to be blessed. God has always been interested in reconciling man back to him as family and back to one another as family. And he said, all the nations can be blessed. And even, he says, 
the foreigner and the alien or someone who is not considered a part of the orig original family. In other words, they weren't from the tribe of, um, they weren't from Abraham's lineage. They, they weren't Jews by birth. They weren't of the circumcision and they can feel excluded from all of the promises of God. He said, even them in Isaiah, he said, I made this way for all people. He remember the scripture we have on the wall that says, my house shall be a house of prayer for all people. So he's not just talking in this text that consequently we're no longer foreigners and aliens. All of us were foreigners and aliens at some point to Christ. All of us who have sinned somehow have not ha had lost our citizenship with God and we're looking for it again. And when we gain Christ, we gain a new citizenship that is not of this earth. It is this, we, 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 we have a city whose builder and maker is God, eternal in the heavens. You know, our citizenship is in heaven. And, and it's so, it's funny to me that somehow the world is offering us an opportunity to get into our mono-ethnic groups. There's no sin in being with your mono-ethnic group if you have perspective on what God wants you to be as a family of God or the house of God. In this multi-ethnic church, we have Laotian communities, Filipino communities, Nigerian communities, so forth and so on. We have the sons and daughters of Norway, praise God. You know, we, we've got all of these people groups and it is easy to find your people group and just segregate. It's easy to say we're in a multi-ethnic congregation, but we like to do things with our, our ethnic group. It's easy to just be women or just be men or just be your generation or your class. And we have a lot of things where we can develop commonality with other people that allow us to be different and apart. What if I was to tell you that God is not trying to get you to be excluded from your, your, your cultural upbringing, your language, or your, or your, or your nationality, but he's trying to give you something that is far greater. He's not trying to blend the earlier scripture in Ephesians 2, 11 says he's not trying to make a blend. He says, God is actually tearing down the wall that separates you from him and from one another. He's removing the barrier. He's abolishing it so that you can actually enjoy what he really wanted. And, and, and uh, let's, just, let's just slow down and, and just think about it. Our world is offering us a vision or dream completely opposite of what I'm telling you. The things the world is offering us doesn't get us closer to Martin's dream and doesn't get us closer to God's vision. In fact, it leaves you excluded. And you hear statements like this on social media, and I don't agree with these statements, and I don't like these statements, but it's not to be, what I'm about to say is not to be uh, uh, confused with just trying to say something that's a soundbite or be, be, be phenomenal. But I hear these statements, you can't be a, a, a Republican and be a true Christian. You can't be a Democrat and be uh, a, a true Christian. You can't be on the right and be a true Christian. You can't be on the left. And everybody is mad. And I, and I think that it could be great Christian foundational things in the right, the left, the, the Democrat and the Republican, but that's not your focus. Your focus should be who are we in Christ? Where does Christ ask us to function? He's not trying to just bring two things together. He's trying to abolish what separated us and unite us with him. 
Something about this world wants you to be a part. But he said, consequently, because of me, you're no longer foreigners and aliens. I know a lot of international people. And one of the things that one particular international group doesn't like, they don't like to be called aliens. They don't like that. They like you to use other terms that allow them to become a part of your family, a part of your community, like maybe undocumented, somebody that has a, a pending challenge that they need to deal with. You've got to find the things that help you unite with people in a family context and not the things that divide you. Now, are there real things that can be divisive based on, yes, but you know how you solve them? You have family meetings. You know how it is. You, you know, you get to the end of mama, daddy, or who, who, I got, we got to talk about some stuff. But what you don't do is get up and walk away from the table. No, you don't walk away from your family. You stay with them. The easy way out is to walk away. So if I was to give you something today, this is a family. Right now, this text lets me know this is a family. And when I say that God has tore down the wall to separate, you got to understand that he was speaking to an Ephesian group of people who the, the, the Jews did not like the Gentiles. The Jews did not think that they were worthy of attention. In fact, the Jews did not like the Gentiles to the degree that that's the reason that Paul ended up in jails because it was perceived that he took somebody that was a Gentile into the temple and that was unlawful even though they perceived that they put him in jail and he's writing this particular letter from the jail cell that he got put in because he didn't agree. I mean, because somebody thought that he crossed ethnic boundaries. Have you heard that spirit before? Somebody's trying to lock each other up and fight each other. And if you cross this line, you, you, I'll get you, 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 I'll get you. It's a real thing. Even uh, a few years ago, I went to Israel and, uh, and I was so excited. Pastor Rice and I was at Israel and I said, as soon as I get off the plane, I know it's like one in the morning, but I'm driving straight to the wall and I'm gonna get out at the, at the Western wall and I'm just gonna go pray. I thought I was, you know, highly spiritual. I was so excited. I, I, I drew, we drew, got up in our taxi, and I just jumped out without even talking to anybody else. And I was going to go have a time with the Lord. And I got right up to the wall, and I just felt some people beating me. They, they were beating me, beating on me, and hitting me. And, and I like cloths was just people was throwing cloths at me. And I said, "What's going on?" And then, and then, you know, and I because see what I did was I crossed the barrier. I was on the woman's side, and the women and men they don't they don't. In, they didn't enjoy it. Them women were beating me out, out of the wrong side. So it's a true story. I got whooped in Jerusalem. My first time in Jerusalem, I got whooped. And there's, so you had a spot for women, women and you had a spot for the Gentiles. And it was unlawful for the Gentiles, another ethnic group or, or anybody who wasn't a Jew, to go into the temple, into the inner courts. That was hard. In fact, here's an inscription that was made. I got a picture of this. This is something that archaeologists have found. If you got that picture, you can put it up. And this is what this, this inscription says. Get that little picture, okay? This is what this was said. This was found in like 18-something. Um, I'm sorry for not having the exact date. It said, no man of another nation can enter within the fence and enclosure around the temple. And whoever is caught 
will have himself to blame that his death ensues. Do this sound like these people like each other? These people are not happy about the other person's existence. Sounds so familiar. People just getting agitated with one another as if we don't have the same creator. Acts 17, 26, it says, from one blood, God made every nation a man, and he gave them the exact places that he want him to live. He did this so that we would seek him and perhaps reach out to him. You're all family. You are all family. You are all family. And when someone tries to highlight your difference, your culture and your nationality, your ethnicity can be celebrated, but not to the exclusion of your connection to the family of God. Sometimes we're just looking for someone to blame and say separate from when the ideology. That is not the will of God. That is not what he wants. The Bible says in verse 20, it said, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. This, is, this family is not haphazardly put together. This family has been put together on purpose. God was never confused in just leaving what he wanted for the human uh, human race uh, uh, for, for the church, a mystery. He wanted a multi-ethnic family coming together, a multi-generational family coming together. He wanted both male and female working together. And if we were confused about this, all we had to do is check out the prophets, check out the, the, the apostles. All the scriptures speak about Jesus and his love and what he wanted to do to reconcile man to himself and reconcile man to one another. Perhaps we've been lied to. Perhaps whatever lie that's not the truth of what the apostles would say, it's not the truth of what the prophets would say, it's not the truth of what the scripture would say, it doesn't have its foundation in Christ or it's not rooted in Christ. So when you hear someone say, those people are the reason we have a problem. Those people are the reason that I'm not mo moving ahead. The, that government, no, 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 don't you understand? We have a, we have a citizenship in another kingdom. We, we operate on a higher set of rules. Your prosperity is not limited to your government or your boss. Your health is not limited to the health of the, of the, of the country or the environment. Your, your, your ethnic connection is not, not based on the, the factions and, and the divisions. And we don't need to be accusing one another uh, of, of, of this is why I'm not ahead or not ahead. I, I think as an African-American, it can be the easiest thing uh, to say the reason, you know, because of slavery, I can't make it. I can't make it because of slavery. It's, was slavery a reality? Yes. But did the person next to me in the congregation right now who's not of African descent, did they enslave me? No. So, you, they, you know what I'm saying? You would be mad if somebody accused you of a crime you didn't commit. And now we can't fellowship. You don't know me. In Christ, we can know each other. We can be family. We can be family. 
Does that mean that there was not uh, systems in the world that oppressed people? No, that there were still systems. There were this, there were structures. But in Christ, we get to be a new man, and we get to bypass the weaknesses of sin and the weaknesses of brokenness, and we get to elevate as citizens of a higher kingdom and lead another way because we are founded on the apostles, the prophets, on the and Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. In other words, Jesus is the person that holds these two things that wouldn't ordinarily fit together together. Well, I don't think men and women go together. No, men in Christ pull women up. Uh, men, women in Christ pull men up. There's not a fight between masculine and feminine. There, there's just a unity that comes through Christ pulling us all together. There's not a fight between black and white. It's just in Christ pulling us all together. There's not a multi-generational fight between the millennials and the ex It's Christ pulling us all together. He is the cornerstone. He is the foundation. And if you want to find out if what you think, what you feel, about the dreams you have are really from God, you've got to ask yourself, where is Christ? The Bible says no other foundation can a man lay than that has already been laid, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the beginning and the end. He's the author and he's the finisher. He's the alpha and the omega. You can't have a successful life without Christ. We're new creatures in Christ. Now, I'm telling you, that if we get to the root of things, like if you get down to the root, get down to the foundation, you try to figure out how is something built. You gotta ask yourself when you lean into organizations or perspectives, is that podcaster like a Christ lover? Are they a misguided saint? Are you listening to their information and it's polluting your spirit? You got to ask yourself some questions. Where are they bringing you back to the apostles to build you right? Where are they bringing you back to the prophets to build you right? Where are they bringing you back to this stuff? Because if they're not, you know, you know, you know, for Christmas, I told the youth this. I got my child an electric expensive scooter. It look good. You want to ride it, even if you don't ride scooters. It's awesome. And he's never ridden it a day in his life. Because it doesn't work. Because whatever I did when I put it together, to surprise him, I'm sorry, son. I know you're not laughing, but it's true. Whatever I did to put it together, the brakes don't work, don't turn on regularly. It's just non-functional. But at the core, it can't get right because I didn't put it together based on the instructions. I was winging it. This feel right. This look like it go there. I think I can work it out. And you know what, even to this day, I'm still, I look at it puzzled, like why won't it work? But I, but I won't go back to the book. I won't go back to the builder. I won't go back to the maker. I won't go back to the manufacturer. I just don't want to get it right. Something wrong with me. And that's what happens in society. 
We keep on looking at stuff that was built by man's uh, emotional condition, man's feeling, man's sense of righteousness independent of God's righteousness. It's not a holy thought, it's just a thought. And it can feel right if you're not built on the apostles. It can feel right if you're not built on the prophets. It can feel right if you can't find Jesus Christ in it because you know you and you feel good and I'm all right and this group of people says it's all right so we feel good about how the world is being built but it's not being built on Christ. It's not right. If it's not not a new creation in Christ is not a right. If it brings you more division, it ain't right. If it brings you separation, it's not a right. God is not in that. God is in the unity in Christ. It's only in Christ. It can only be through Christ. It can only be for Christ. It's only by Christ. You can't do it without Christ. I don't care your, your ethnicity. I don't care your political situation. If you're not going to include Christ, it's not going to work. This family is built on Christ. He is the rock on which I stand. He is the rock on which I live. Who can do it but Christ? Christ is the only one. He's always been the only one. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. I'm not taking the dream anymore. People keep offering me their I love Dr. Martin Luther King's dream. Nobody's going to find fault with it, but it did have tinges of flesh within it because he's a man. We all going to mess up when it's us. It's only when it's only him. You can do it. Final verse says this. He said, built on the fountain. No, no, no. Verse 21. In whom the whole structure is being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. In him we also, being built together into a dwelling place which God's spirit can hit. You know what? Not only are we his family, not only are we built right, but we only grow right when we're together. You can't grow right without me. You need this African American anointed pastor I need you and your ethnicity and your gifts that are different from mine and together you get what you need I get what I need and we all grow in Christ we grow in the house that's why when we say we're showing up at three at the courthouse uh, to walk for an hour and 15 minutes together. We're trying to show the world you think God doesn't care but let me take you back to God's blueprint. It's not figuring out how I can align with the police or, or my ethnicity or I can align with the government or I can align with women's issues or men's issues. It's how I can align with Christ and in line with Christ all the issues get worked out when he's ready for them to get worked out the way he wants them to get worked out and until he works them out I say for God I live and for God I die. In him I live, move, have my being. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I, but Christ lives within me. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. So every joint in here has something you supply. You want to know who this family is? You want to know who you are? You are a people, a house of prayer. Pray for all nations. Not your own. I want my people to win. I want my people to be on top. What's that spirit? My citizenship isn't here. I want God and his people 
on top, not to dominate anybody, but to serve everybody. Our position is not dominance, it's service. So when we show up to walk tonight, or three o'clock, you may be thinking, what am I doing? I'm just doing something. No, 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 you're displaying his glory. You are taking us back to Revelations, I believe, 7, 17. It says, he saw a number which no man could number of every tribe, every tongue, and all people standing before the throne worshiping God. That's a real vision. Now, I'm not sure about Martin's dream. It might happen, may not happen, but I'm confident about God's vision. I'm confident that we can have a world that looks like that. Stand to your feet and give God praise and glory. Give him praise and glory. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, just, just worship him for a minute. I perceive the Lord is doing something. Worship him for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor James, what a word. What a word. What a powerful word. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. the most powerful moment for me anyway, while the Spirit seems to be just settling in on us. Pastor James, as you just drew that picture for us with your hands and your life and said, if Jesus isn't bringing us together in that cornerstone, right? If it's dividing us, if it's separating us, if it's polarizing us, if it isn't bringing us to Jesus, it's the wrong thing. Yes. Right? Yes. And I think we just need to pause there for a yes. moment, church, and just ask ourselves a question. Are we aligning ourselves with the cornerstone or are we dividing ourselves by pursuing anything else? no matter how good it seems on the surface. Would you bow your heads with me? We, we didn't do this this last service, but I just feel like the Spirit is just sitting in this service for a moment. You don't want to miss the moment when God is showing up. You don't want to just let it pass you by in joy and celebration and then miss that God was actually saying something to your heart. There was a reason you were moved. There was a reason you wanted to cheer and to clap, but at the same time felt a little, just a little dissonance inside your heart. Don't give the clap and the cheer without paying attention to that dissonance, what's not quite in tune with God. Mm. Bow your heads, please, and close your eyes in prayer. Would you ask him that? Lord Jesus, is everything in my life aligning with you, the cornerstone? Lord Jesus, is there any part of my heart that is pulling me away from others, pulling me away from you? Lord, is there anything about me that needs to be brought back into alignment? Every head bow, every eyes closed. If you would say to the Lord as a testimony to him and a, a, that you've heard his voice and to me as a, a way of saying, Pastor Dave, pray for me. If he just spoke to you, every head bowed, every eye closed, just slip up your hand to him and say, Lord, I heard you. I'm bringing that back into alignment. Lift them high to him, all over the place, all over the sanctuary. I knew God was speaking to us. I knew it, I knew it. Uh, ministry team, if you would come down, I wanna pray for all of those. You can keep your hand lifted up. I want you to know my hand is lifted up because I heard him speaking to me today. Ministry team, come down. Lord, all of us with our hands lifted, we're saying, Lord, we know that there's something in us that isn't quite exactly in line with you. And we want nothing more than that. For some of us, it may be us saying, Lord, I'm, you're not even my Lord. To even say, Lord, it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be true. I'm not following you. You're not my master. You say something and I say no, and I walk the other way. 
but we feel in our heart right now we need that to change. For some of us who've been walking with you for years and there's this little corner of our heart you're tapping on right now. Or there's something that was, was completely removed and it snuck back in the back door. We didn't even see it come back into the house of our spirit. But there it is. We feel it today. Your spirit put its finger on it. Others of us have been listening to news channels and podcasts and things that are corrupting us and twisting us and angering us and dividing us. And we need that to change. We need you to be the central content of our lives. You know what it is. We're lifting our hands in repentance to you, but we're also turning them up to heaven, asking in dependence on you that you help us be what we cannot be. Lord, we long to be aligned with you. Would you keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for just a moment? If you would say, Dave, you know, I don't just need a hand raised. I need someone to pray with me. If I walk out of here right now, I'm not so sure that thing's dealt with. I just want to encourage you to slip out of your seat right now. Grab someone near you. Say, would you come with me? There's a ministry team right down front to pray with you right now. Just grab them right now. Start moving. Yeah, I see you moving. And, and if you need to take three people, you need to take the people on the corner in, in the way of you. Say, come with me. Just come on down. Start moving. Don't wait. If you know there's something that needs to be realigned, come right now. Come right now. That's right. Grab someone near you and say, would you come pray with me? The ministry team is waiting right here, right now to pray with you. There's no reason to come to church and leave church not having received what God wanted you to receive today. So we're going to sing a song. If you want to come while the song is playing, you come. We're going to tarry just a minute more.